You're listening to The Tactical Kitchen. I'm Melody Barron, certified chef and nutritional therapy practitioner. And I'm Steve Barron, 21-year special operations veteran and certified personal trainer. Together, we are here to share our experience on the ketogenic lifestyle. Don't forget our disclaimer. This podcast is for general information only and should not be considered a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. We're not doctors, and we don't play them on the internet. Now, let's get ready to chew the fat. Mmm, bacon. All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Tactical Kitchen Show. Today, we have an extra special guest. Yes. We have Dave Hippenstiel, and if you're not familiar with the sport of CrossFit and what that means, Dave Hippenstiel has been the fittest man in his age group for the last three years and is going to go and defend that title again this year, and we're going to get into all things pertaining to master's athletes and what it takes to be one and how you, how you even come to this place to want to do this crazy sport of CrossFit. Right. So, hey, welcome to the show, Dave. Hey, thank you. Great to be here. Thank you. So, uh, so many questions, and there's so many places to start. But like she said, three-time, you know, CrossFit Masters champ. Uh, you know, the first thing I think we want to start is like how how did you uh, in your life? Like, how did you get to where you're at? What What were you like in high school? Yeah. So if you go back all the way to high school, I was I was really that kid that that wild child that didn't know how to sit still. And my dad wanted to get me under. And I rebelled against that in the beginning and eventually ended up just really embracing sports as just being part of who I am. And so I played football and I did ended up doing um, really well in football and track and field in high school. And okay. so that's kind of what my high school was like briefly. Awesome. And then, so after high school, I mean, you're, you're, you're an athlete in high school. Uh, and then after school, how, how did you stay in shape then? Because a lot of times that's where people kind of get lost, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I, I ended up, um, I wanted to play football and, and my coaches wanted, thought I had good potential, even though I was only five, eight, 160 pounds. Um, I was a defensive end in high school, but just really, cause I was strong and fast for my, you know, for my size. Um, I could really, uh, do well in the football field. But I got hurt really, you know, being small, you know, you're hitting 265 pound lineman, um, you get hurt really fast. So I sprained my neck my first uh, during football camp at college. And, um, and so that was kind of the end of my football career. I was kind of like, I was bumming out in the beginning, but, but I soon just kind of embraced it and said, okay, there's another path. And, uh, and never lost that love for being in shape, though, that I learned about in football and track. And, uh, but during that time, I kind of forced myself, or I kind of, uh, put my energies into, into studying. I never had really studied much in high school. And, uh, I thought, you know, I'm going to give it a try to see how it goes. And I started getting A's and, and, uh, doing really well. And, and so kind of like that vision of like pre-med, pre-dental kind of like emerged all of a sudden. And, uh, my dad was a dentist. And so he was kind of happy about it. My parents were thrilled about that. And, uh, anyway, so I got, I, I was actually at a junior college where I was going to play football. And I graduated there after two years, was going to go to a school in West Virginia. And the month before uh, I was supposed to start, my brother talked me into doing decathlon at Cal State Fresno. And so from a junior college in Delaware, I grew up in Pennsylvania. 
from a junior college in Delaware, I ended up going out to Cal State Fresno in, you know, way back in that, you know, after I graduated from junior college and did train and did decathlon with him for, for a year or two. And, uh, wow. and so that's kind of like, and that's really where like my, my love for fitness and my appreciation for being in the best shape of your life was rekindled and really solidified. Because uh, I, you know, it's like decathlon is, there's a lot of similarities because you're training a lot of different uh, energy cycles, um, energy systems. And so, uh, you know, I learned to do the pole vault in like six months and was like third, almost 14 footer in, in six months. Uh, high jump six foot at, at five foot eight. Um, long jump 21 plus feet. Uh, stuff like that. Learned to throw the, the shot put even the 33, uh, the 14, the 16 pound shot put. Um, javelin, you know, hundred meters. I was, a uh, 433, uh, 1500 meters, uh, back then. So you just, you just, wow. you know, I had my brother, my brother was like so dedicated. He slept in his car for a couple of years because he just wanted to focus on doing decathlon and making the Olympic team. And he actually ended up being a, um, he was all American his senior year in, in college. And, uh, and so he would, he was five, eight also. He was a six, five high jumper actually at eight, at five foot eight. Yeah. It basically runs in your family. It kind of does. Yeah. My dad was pretty athletic. He, he lettered in all four sports in high school and uh, um, all three sports, all four years. So since a ninth grade, so it's a small school, but he just, he, did, he loved sports and, and just really was, uh, it was part of his life for sure. And he kind of, yeah. you know, kind of built that into us. Yeah. We played football every afternoon, so uh, Saturday afternoon, every week. Yeah. Good genes and good influence. Yeah, really. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Kind of get, got that love for it and never. Mm. Like I was in a kind of a dark place in high school and sports really kind of helped me and the success in sports really helped turn me around and, and wow. get a good path. So really thankful for that. Yeah. As I look back, didn't, didn't know about it then, but it's like, I look back, it's like, wow, that was really instrumental. So you said you were a wild kid. Was it just like you were in the wrong crowd or? Yeah, yeah I got attracted to the wrong crowd and, uh, you know, got in fights a lot. And, uh, you know, just like I had all this energy and it needed to be channeled in a, in a constructive direction. And right. uh, eventually sports kind of took over and I really was, was instrumental in helping me like get in the right path. So, yeah. yeah. What about that team, that team feel like having the team and people that were accountable to you? Did that really play a part with team sports? Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, I love we, we had a really strong camaraderie in uh, in high school football. And I really that's a good question. I really don't think about that that much, but it, it really was instrumental. We had a bond, you know, among that. It was it was kind of like I'm sure being in the army, army, being in the military, you know, having that bond and like and like really wanting to crush that other team and, and, you know, having that, that, that football spirit type thing that you, that you learn, uh, you know, during those years and, uh, and just, and having real success. We were like seven and three, I think that year we were co-champs for the league. Uh, you know, it wasn't a big high school or anything like that, but we were the, like the last team that beat, um, I had the, the claim to fame as I, uh, I sacked a guy that went professional. Uh, Jimmy, Jimmy Jensen who played for the Miami dolphins was the quarterback uh, that we played against and we, we were the last team to beat them in for, for like years. And they went on to win the state championship, like for years after that. I mean, it's nobody cares or knows about that, but it was, it was kind of like significant when I found out later on in life, it's like, Oh yeah, that was Jimmy Jensen. He played with, uh, Dan Marino on the Miami dolphins, uh, and <laughs> sacked him 
you know, back in, back in uh, high school. Uh, well, you know, those things are instrumental because I had a, a, a significant high school, you know, my high school I went to, we didn't, um, we hadn't won a championship in 49 years. And my team was the team that won the first championship for that school. So, uh, you know, th- that camaraderie and those guys, we still talk, we still, every year we all get together and sit down and, you know, with the coaches and everything. So that, yeah. you know, you, when you look back, like you said, when you look back at it, you don't realize how significant that was in developing your character of who you are. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And then, and just all that, you know, the coaches we had were really great coaches and they really saw potential in me. And I think they, you know, they saw the du- direction I was going and they really kind of, when I had turned, they really made a point to intentionally be part of, you know, motivating me. And, and, and keeping me on that path and, and really bringing out the best in me. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and you look back, you know, and you probably know this playing, you know, if you played football, you get those memories back when you do a CrossFit workout, when you're doing, a, you know, you know, seven minutes of burpees for time or when you're doing, you know, burpees and, and, and lifting and, and all the stuff that we do in CrossFit, the memories of your mind. And, and it's the good memories that just kind of keep you going. So, yeah, very similar, I think. Oh, yeah, it absolutely is. It's, a, it's that competitive spirit that just comes out of you when, you, yeah, when you're doing things that you used to do when you were a kid. It just happens. Yeah, yeah. And it keeps, and it keeps you young, I think. You got to keep oh, that. Yeah. Obviously. Uh, yeah, obviously it does. <laughs> <laughs> so so after, uh, after you got, you know, we're doing the te- uh, decathlons, what was your next? Because I've, I've read something about you and you're always on to your next fun thing. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I think I've, uh, I've given a couple of talks and I talk about my decades of fitness and uh, there's like five of them right now. But um, <laughs> after, after decathlon, I actually was a, I was a walk-on springboard diver. Decathlon was a little bit too time consuming. I loved it but I felt like I wanted to keep my, um, you know, I wanted to keep my, and I was doing well academically, but I wanted to make sure I kept that up. Um, I wanted to get those, you know, almost straight A's, whatever, to, to stay competitive, pre-med, pre-dental. And uh, so I actually uh, walked onto the, I heard that the diving, the swimming team needed a diver. I'd never dove before, but I loved gymnastic stuff. And I had a knack for, you know, just kind of like, doing my own thing and doing flips and stuff like that off the diving board. And I loved, I always loved cliff diving growing up in, in high school. We used to go to this uh, quarry where there was like, you know, these 40 and 50 foot cliffs that we could j- dive off of. And, and I just love that kind of stuff. So I walked onto the diving team and got, and got, became the diver for the Cal state Fresno uh, swim team and got to see California. We, we, we drove, you know, we got for free. I got to see California cause we, you know, cause being from Pennsylvania, it was a, it was a big thrill just being out in California for yeah. four years, uh, for three years anyway. And I uh, got to travel around to San Diego and San Francisco and, and all those places where we dive against these other teams and co- other college teams and stuff. So it was cool. So that's what I did after, after decathlon, um, then graduated there, went, went right to dental school after that. It was actually a little time where I actually spent some time in seminary, kind of thinking, uh, you know, kind of, um, kind of organizing my faith internally mm-hmm. and, and in my heart, my soul, and uh, kind of getting all that straightened out because I think that's important, uh, you know. Just in in talking about balance in life, um, you got to have eternity settled, I think, and it, it's super important. And uh, and so, you know, fitness is I think is right up in there as in terms of priorities and keeping us kind of balanced human beings. Um, so I I spent a little bit of time in like Bible school. Um, 
not be to do long term. Um, and I think I lost you. Still, yeah. are you I lost you there for a second. Good. Okay. Yeah, we lost um, you. At, but, but I ended up from there. What's that? I said we lost Say, you at you were in Bible. Say it again. Yeah. Okay. So 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 basically, I ended up um, going reapplying to dental school, getting into dental school for a second time, and uh, and decided that time, you know, I just got to go for it. And uh, like, I, like I do, I make spontaneous decisions, and uh, you know, I've done all the work to get there, and it's like I'm gonna I'm gonna give this a try. And uh, got to dental school, and it was tough. The first very first year was really really tough, but I hung in there all four years, and once I got out. Um, you know, I, I stayed a little bit in shape. I would do some running and stuff on the side during dental school, but it was really tough to keep that balance. But the good thing was, is that I realized that the, I was out of balance fitness wise or physically so that once I got out, I thought, okay, what can I do? I can do runs. I can do marathons. I could do half marathons, 10 Ks. I can do all that stuff, but I want more of a challenge and I want more versatility uh, because I think the human body is, is capable of doing a lot of things. And I've always been good at doing a lot of things. Well, maybe not a specialist in one thing, but doing a lot of things well. So I, I started seeing the, the Ironman triathlons on TV and I started like just getting this dream and this vision. It's like, man, I can do this. And so, and so I, you know, I hadn't really ever swam competitive. I dove competitively, but I never swam competitively. So it's like, I just hit the water and uh, started swimming. I knew I could learn to bike. And uh, I was a runner from, you know, from college and that kind of thing. So that kind of came easy. So I just started teaching myself decathlon or triathlon in those years. So, so that's, that was my, right after dental school, that's what I did. Um, you know, I was married at the time and raising, let's see, Jonathan was born soon after dental school. He was my oldest. He's 32 now. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so that was kind of like those years were like triathlon, like late thirties, um, and, and all through my 30s, actually, because I graduated dental school. I think I was around 30. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so we, we haven't touched on it, uh, but, you know, we focus a lot on, on you know, nutrition um, and, yeah. and what people eat and how they fuel themselves. Now, through all yeah. that time, you know, you're up all the way to, you know, in your early 30s doing triathlons. What was your nutrition like? So, um, so, during, so for, for whatever reason, when I made that switch you know, that, that switch went off in my head and I kind of had that awakening, like, you know, why don't I want to take care of my body and be as fit as I can? Um, at the same time, I started thinking about my diet and fitness. And this was back, you know, a little bit in high school, more so in college. And I do things like I would do fasting. I would like fast for eight days, like, you know, <laughs> like the healthy thing to do. And I'd read these books on nutrition. It's like, oh, wow, they fast, you know, so there's a cleansing fast. And so I do these crazy things, but it really kind of like, it taught me by self-experimentation, like, okay, what is healthy and how can you be healthier? And so that fitness journey um, included the nutritional side of things. And so, and that kind of has evolved over the years also. So in, you know, in my twenties, it was just like, just start eating healthy, stop doing fast food, start eating them. Actually, my brother and I used to, we used to eat raw steak, believe it or not. Yeah. <laughs> And I had forgotten about that for a while, but then it's like the last couple of years when I actually resurrected, like um, with CrossFit, I kind of discovered the paleo diet. And that's really um, what I've done for the last six years. 
but between, you know, dental school and, and CrossFit, I dabbled in whatever healthy diets I could figure out. Like, a, a, and for many years, it was like a high grain diet, you know, cause that was supposedly the, the thing that was the in thing. That was and thing. yeah. And I couldn't understand, like I, like I was doing, tri- I was training triathlons. I was racing triathlons. Um, but I couldn't understand why I couldn't see my abs. <laughs> and, and it's kind of like, uh, you know, when I started CrossFit and once I switched to the paleo diet in like 30 days, I became leaned out and I was still like really strong and fit, fit looking, but I wasn't leaned out like I got when I started paleo with CrossFit. And so, um, so anyway, so that's, that's kind of how my nutrition in a nutshell kind of evolved. We could talk more about the paleo, you know, yeah. um, down the road. Yeah. So. And I always, I always just love the way that, uh, you know, Greg Glassman, yeah. how he, how he packages it because, uh, you know, as a nutritionist, people overcomplicate a lot of things when it comes to diet. And I yes. love the meat, vegetables, nuts, yeah. seeds, a little fruit and start, uh, you know, a little starch and no sugar. It's, it's just really easy. Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, it is. So, so you, you've been, uh, you know, on that health journey, like the whole time. Yeah. And it's great. You say, talk about the high grain. Cause I did triathlons back in my thirties and I was a, a high carb, high grain, you know, all the time kind of guy. And, you know, um, what I tell guys all the time is you can do it for a, a while, but eventually you, you age out of it because it just doesn't work anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Basically I think you're right. And, and I kind of accidentally, I mean, there was, a there was a time in there. So when I, when I hit my forties, I actually, I wanted another sport and, and, uh, cause I had done triathlons for a while and there were guys down the road that were racing motocross and I would go by there and it was like, I always wanted to race motorcycle as a kid. My dad would not let me. And it's like, that was like one of my first loves and, you know, watching evil Knievel and wanting to do all that stuff. But my dad wouldn't let me, but when I turned 40, I started racing dirt bikes <laughs> and I started out with trail bike racing yeah. and called Rose and, uh, and then, uh, there's Enduros and then there's the other one. Oh, hair scrambles. And then they were doing these motocross stuff and I love jumping. So I ended up doing a lot of motocross and got into motocross and jumping motorcycles and then racing on motocross tracks and my, when I turned 40 and, and I, it was crazy. I had a 90 foot jump in my front yard. And uh, I would hit that routinely. Yeah. It was like an 85 foot gap. So you take off, we wanted to make it a hundred foot, but I didn't have enough property and the woods were right there. We didn't, we wouldn't have enough time to land and not run into the tree. Oh my gosh. In the woods there. So you'd hit that jump, you'd land, then you'd go into the woods and then do that, do the, uh, the berm turn, which was so fun anyway. So that, but that's what I did in my forties. And then, uh, discovered CrossFit in my fifties. And then that was when I discovered the paleo diet then. So that's funny because that was just, that was. So I grew up racing motocross. Oh, you're kidding me. Yeah. So So. as a kid, I grew up racing, uh, riding with my dad on the handlebars on his motorcycle until I was big enough to get my own. Like I had a, I had a little, uh, you know, YZ 80 forever. Yeah. And then we started racing about 82. I started racing eighties and then I raced one twenty fives. And by the time I was 13, I was riding two fifties, but kind of aged out of it about then to kind of, you know, just, yeah, we've been doing it for about six years and it just kind of 
you know, stopped being the thing and we moved on. Yeah, I gotcha. And yeah. You know, it's sports where it's not, it's not, if you're going to get injured, it's how many times you're going to get injured and how serious. Because, yeah, you know, yes. given time, five of the top 10 riders are injured. And they're the, these are the best riders in the world. So, you know, it's like, it's part of the sport. And so broken collarbone, you know, hurt knee a couple of times, torn, Ach- ruptured Achilles, uh, broken finger, you know, stuff like that. It's like, okay, you know, I think uh, <laughs> this is not real good for my profession right now. So, but I really needed it at the time. I mean, it was, it was one of those things that it, uh, I, I, wanted a, I wanted something that would really relieve stress. And that was like an amazing fit for that purpose. And, uh, you know, cause I was just, I was feeling the pressure of a fat young family and then being a dentist and working, you know, working a lot of hours. Um, and, and just like wanting to know, like, how do I keep that balance? And motocross actually served that purpose at the time. So, yeah. Which is funny that that relieves stress where most people would be just like totally stressed out. His yeah. mom said she just wouldn't go anymore. She wouldn't go and watch. Oh, yeah. My mom quit coming to the track because I crashed a lot. Because I, I always always rode over my head as a kid. Yeah, yeah, that's right. You're pushing the envelope. Yep, yep. Yeah. So and, I I had heard you talk about that on another podcast, and I was like hitting him, going, "Oh my gosh, y'all have so much in common." <laughs> <laughs> and my dad raced too. He raced because at, at the time he was over thirty, so he raced at the time the over thirty group. You know, they had the over thirty riders. Yeah, exactly. Yep. So he was racing and taking first place in his group. And I was trying to take first place, you know, in my group. So it was a blast. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. Yeah. So post motocross, like how long did you do that? So I raced five, like I, when I turned four, it was right around, not that I said, okay, when I'm turned 40, I'm going to race motocross. It just happened to be that particular year. And, I, and I, as I look back, it's like, oh, yeah, I was around 40. And then I raced till I was around 45, so like five years. So, and then, and that's when we moved. We were living in Pennsylvania at the time. And that's where I had that, I had a track put in. Uh, I built it myself. I had a friend who, had a, his dad was an ex, was a, he was a heavy equipment uh, repair guy, like a diesel mechanic. And he had all these dozers around. And so we could get those dozers over to my track and make these big jumps. And it was just, it was a fun, fun time. And, and I, and my kids kind of grew up with that. It was kind of a good father son thing. My son and I, John would go to, um, we'd drive to the sand pits in New Jersey and just race, you know, just run the sand pits all day. Yeah. And it was just great. You know, some, some dads take their kids hunting. We went motocross. Yeah. You know, that's, that's how I grew up. I'd motorcycles all the time. But so, yeah, so I did that for five years and I, um, and, and, and basically, and, and that, what was the question then? So after that, after the motocross, what, yeah. what next crazy thing did you embark on? <laughs> well, I actually got back into triathlons because my son, John, um, we, he started getting interested in triathlons and he had taken a class. He was in college at the time, t- took a class. And so we started doing triathlons like in the summers when he was home. And so I started training year round for that again. And, uh, and, and then he ended up actually qualifying for the Ironman and did the Ironman when he was 24 years old. Wow. And, wow. Yeah. Cause he'd only done it for a few years, but he got really serious when he was working in, out in LA and got a really, got, got a, some good friends who were doing triathlon. So they were doing all these long distance stuff. And, and so it was really cool to kind of see that, uh, you know, rubbing off of my kids, um, yeah. you know, obviously. And then, and then, and so that was that, you know, when I was in my fifties, basically, um, no, I'm sorry. When I, my later forties, 
and early 50s when that was kind of happening. And that was probably just like the hardest thing you could find to do, right? <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> it was one of those things. I'm trying to think if I, ever, if I dabble in any other sport. It was really, I kind of went back to triathlons time-wise. I guess that was the kind of thing to do. And actually, when, I, when, when my daughter, Heather, she was doing CrossFit out at Invictus. I don't know if you know, you uh-huh. probably know. She started telling me about this sport. Um, and can you still hear me? Cause I, you paused there for a second. Um, okay. So she, I was doing triathlons. And so I thought, let me try CrossFit to see if it could help me with my triathlons. And, uh, and I walked into a CrossFit gym and that was like, um, that was kind of like my goal. And so I was racing triathlons that summer and doing CrossFit and then CrossFit just kind of got in my blood. And it's like, cause I walked into a CrossFit gym for the first time. And I am in racing shape for triathlons and I'm, I get in this workout and I'm on the floor in five minutes and these guys are still training and I'm, and I'm training with like 20 year old army guys because I'm at Fort Campbell and the owners were actually the owner, uh, Nicole and Cole Spitzak, they were army people. Well, Cole was in the army. And, uh, and so, um, all these army guys from the base were coming out and training here. So I get to meet all these guys and start training with them and, and so I'd, I'd be like, wow, why can they do this? And I, you know, it's like, I'm training. And so it, it got in my, it, it just like, it woke me up to the reality that there is another level of fitness that I hadn't experienced yet. Similar to what I was like when I was in my college years doing decathlon. And even motocross actually took me, took, took, as you know, motocrossers were rated like in the 90s, the number two in fitness of all the sports out there. And the high intensity of the, of the 20 minutes motocross, uh, and they're doing this high intensity sport where their heart rate may be at 190, 200 during that race. Um, it gets in really, really good shape. So, um, for sustainability and that kind of thing. But, uh, but anyway, so I discovered this new level of fitness and then it got in my blood and, and, uh, and then Heather started getting success out at Invictus and she got asked to be on the team out there. And so I got to go out and visit her. And then I got to meet all these amazing athletes, the CrossFit athletes um, at Invictus in San Diego. And, uh, and that just really just fired me up a lot. You know, Tino and CJ and Nicole DeHart and all those great people. And, you know, and they're, they're continuing their legacy, obviously, now. Um, Heather was on the team four years, and uh, including the year they won in 2014 on the, uh, for, the, for uh, the Affiliate Cup. So yeah. it was pretty cool to kind of evolve with her because that was like a special thing for her and I to be part of the games together because I qualified for my first games in 2013 and she did also in the games or in the, in the team division. And so we got to go together and they did a couple of articles on us and it was really cool. It was oh, really cool. Awesome. That is really cool. So you said you, you qualified for the games in 2013 and yeah. so was it, what, what year did you first walk into a CrossFit gym? Yeah, so it was actually, Late 2011, I'm thinking, but 2012, yeah, it was probably late 2011 or mid, midway during 2011. And then um, I really didn't know much about CrossFit that whole year, 2011. But then when the 2012 Open started, it's like I heard about it and they're all getting excited about it at the gym. And it's like, well, I guess I got to try this. So that was the year, you know, there's, it was a it was max burpees in seven minutes. So it's like I did that up in my attic. I still have a video of that. And, uh, you know, just like 
crazy stuff like this. It's like, and it just got in my blood. And so I, I say I stumbled through the open in 2012 because I couldn't do double unders. I could do muscle ups because I could always do muscle ups as long as I can remember. I don't know why or how, but it's just, I'm built that way. So now everybody hates you. <laughs> but, uh, but I, so I did, um, I did the open and I think I, I, when I saw that I improved every week or yeah, every week for the five weeks, I thought and ended up, I think 70th that year out of like 400, three or 400 in, in our age, in the 55, 59 age group, I thought there's potential here. And I had some guys at the gym encouraging me also. And, uh, and so I, I really set my sights then in 2013 for the 2013 open. I said, I'm going to train for this. I'm going to get serious about this. And so that summer I was still doing triathlons then. So I was doing triathlons and I was doing CrossFit. And then I think it was in the fall that I actually got to go out to Invictus, um, and met Tino and met CJ and just got to hang around with the, with the Invictus people and train with Heather and train with the team. It's just like, it was a really surreal experience for me back then. And And that's so cool for your daughter to have that experience with you. Um, You know, that father daughter thing is so important. And yeah, it really was. My wife always placed a high priority on our, on our kids and family and that kind of thing. And we're still, uh, you know, we still take vacations together. We just got back from the Cayman Islands and, and all of us were, Heather didn't make it that time, but we still try and as much as we can, we have vacations together still and stuff like that. So I know it's a rare time, and, but it's super special. So family's yeah. a huge priority. Yeah, yeah, so. Any grandkids yet? No, no grand. My kids actually aren't married yet. They're just like, oh, okay. they're being fit. Um, um, they're, Troy is 20, he just turned 22. John is 32. So they're 10 years apart. And then Joelle is 24 and Heather is 28. So, but um, yeah, they're, they're just, they're just loving life, uh, doing fitness. They've caught that vision. They're all doing CrossFit right now. Wow. Uh, so it's, yeah, it's really cool. That's uh, awesome. It's yeah. such a good story. Cause there's, you know, there's so much sadness in the world. It's always so good to hear such a positive story about someone's family and their children and, Everyone's doing well. It's just, it's very inspiring. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I think it's a key part. I think fitness is a, is a, uh, is almost like a hidden magic bullet type thing uh, that, that people are missing. And, and so they're, it's, they're missing some things out emotionally and physically um, when they don't have that fitness part in their balance. It's part of my, uh, it's part of my mission in life now to kind of help people understand that and kind of get, um, kind of get at- attached to that to really help them with life and with family, you know, for the long term. Cause I think it's super important. Well, you know, people always say they're, they're too busy, but I just heard you say that you're doing CrossFit, doing triathlons. Oh, and by the way, you have a job, you run a real practice yeah. dentist. So, I mean, yeah. that's a, that's a lot of stuff to combine. I mean, how do you do yeah. all that and stay healthy? Yeah, yeah, it is. And, and I think the fitness aspect, and I've, I've said this a lot before, is that, um, you know, I owned a gym. So in 2013, um, I, I did really, I, I got ready for the Open, got, did really well in the Open, and ended up going to the games. Uh, but during 2013, we actually opened our own gym. The, the people at the, um, the owners of the gym, Cole and Nicole, encouraged me to open a gym. So, um, and I thought, well, this is the, this is the, this is the logical thing to do for me. 
And so Jonathan, my oldest son was, was around at the time. So he helped me kind of get things going. And, and we, um, we, you know, they helped us get started. They were, they were turning away members. So they just kind of fed them to us. And so we grew really fast, but then at the same time I qualified for games, you know, I had no idea I was going to win the open that year. And when I opened a gym, it's like, I just thought maybe by some chance I'll make the top 20 and get to the games. And I ended up winning in the open. And uh, so I was shocked as, as, as many people were. Um, but it kind of like changed my trajectory. And so I was really focused on training and did the best I could to open this gym and, 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 uh, and train and all this stuff and, uh, and still kind of manage um, a little bit of dentistry on the side. And it was just too much. And so I owned that gym for like three years and then ended up phasing out of that um, and getting, getting back into my pref- profession, which is dentistry, um, like almost too much. I bought, I ended up buying two practices in 2015 in May of 2015. And so I'm working five days a week as a dentist and still training for games. Cause that was when I was 59, I think. And so I still went to the games that year, the year I bought. And then, uh, and then the next three years was the years that I did, you know, did really well and won in the 60 plus. Uh, but working five days a week. Oh, we lost him for a second. Magic to handling that stress. Oh, um, you back, you back now. Um, the magic to handling the stress of owning two practices was having that diversion, that refreshment that you get when you're focused on, on a real, uh, on a goal, not only that, but a really healthy goal where you're, you know, the workouts themselves are a huge stress reliever and keeps you in balance emotionally and physically. So, so that was super important, I think. And, and, and a really, it's, it's part of the magic that people need to understand. I think that are catching on with CrossFit. Yes. Um, and you know, just, you know the CrossFit is just really making that, um, you know, more, even more well-known, I think. Right. I think the big thing also is that when, I mean, we're in our, Steve's 49. He just had a birthday and I'm 47 and we have a lot of friends who at this stage of life, they're already like turning in their, you know, handing in their, their keys. They're like, I'm done. I'm done driving. I'm not doing this anymore. They've just kind of quit on, on the, even the thought of being healthy or exercise. Yeah. And how, how would you encourage someone to get out there and they haven't been an athlete like you all of their life, but maybe, maybe they are in that late 40 stage when things do start breaking down on people because of poor diet and poor, poor choices and lifestyle. Yep. How would you tell them to get involved in getting healthier? Like yeah. what would be a good step yeah. for someone? Yeah. And I think that's a, that's a great question. I think it is the question of our generation right now. Because here we are, the you know, um, you're at the tail end of the probably the baby boomers are being younger than that. But you know, I'm in the baby boomer generation, and there's tons and tons of us that are just accepting old age as a reality way too soon. And and I mean, all I can do, I mean, I really want to, I really want to teach and and uh, have people see my example. And so that's why I, I stay committed to to what I'm doing, my task. Um, and, and my fitness level, because um, I really want to show a watching world because I really think it's, it's an answer for them. It is really the, the closest thing we have to the fountain of youth. 
And it's confirmed again and again by the research that medicine is doing. And, it, and it's really kind of launched into a journey of functional medicine as well. And that's why I was so excited last year when I got to a uh, podcast with Julie Fouché, because I um, we kind of just talked about the similar journeys that we're on. It's like I see her, uh, you know, um, and but pursuing medicine and and actually moving in the direction of functional medicine rather than traditional medicine, because that's the reality. I mean, that's really where CrossFit Health is going. It's it's about functional medicine. Um, and, and just the value and the incredible magic that exercise has in our lives to prevent chronic disease. And, and, you know, all I can say is that, you know, yes, I've been into fitness all my life, but I've had times, you know, I've been there where I've been out of shape for more than a year or two. And, and I realized that some people, you know, maybe it's been, you know, like during dental school, I was not in near as good a shape as I was obviously in college. And I had to get that back. And there's been many times throughout the decades of fitness that I, you know, you, you know, you go through a winter and you start to put on a few pounds. And it's like, I know the reality of being tempted to not work out and not train and not be in the best shape of your life. So I understand and I want to I want to be sensitive to the fact that people that they're listening to this, they may be sitting on a couch. They have the hardest part ahead of them is the inertia, getting over the initial inertia of getting in shape. And if, and if I can just encourage them, you know, talk to that person that's sitting on the couch now, or that maybe is going to sit down and watch the CrossFit games or even Ninja warrior and say, it's time for me to get off the couch, get off the carbs, obviously, and, and make a change because, you know, just trying to be the example, like being living proof that it is possible, even at age 63, um, to, to be in the best shape of your life. And, you know, there's, and I'm not the only one there's, there's, you know, now there's 10 guys this year, but there's, you know, there were, uh, 3000, um, 60 plus this year trying for the, for the, this year was 10 spots, but that, that 3000, um, 3,000 uh, guys in my age group and, and gals, I'm not sure how many gals actually, but guys, um, you know, they're all making that decision every day. It's like, you know, I'll get up in the morning sometimes and it's like, man, am I ready to retire? I mean, this year even more, like I'll wake up and I'm a little sore, you know, my feet take, take a while to get lubricated, you know, to walk from the bed to the bathroom. And it's like, wow, am I done? And it's like, I'm asking myself that question and yet, the more I continue to pour myself into these, uh, you know, work, workout routines and keep that habit up, keep the nutrition up. It's like, I am always thankful. And it's like, I just keep going. And, and it's just like, I'm hoping that people see the vision, catch the vision, catch the dream that it's still possible for them. Absolutely. Um, okay. So you brought up Ninja Warrior. So we got to yeah. hear how that went. Yeah. So, so I'm not uh, oh, we lost you for a second. Because it's being, t- okay, I'm not allowed to actually say we have to sign a company because it's a television, sh- you know, show. And, you know, I went, I mean, it was, it was the most awesome experience. One of the most awesome experiences ever uh, to be, because it, it, it's like, so, and I didn't know this, like they have like, because I just applied, like, because I love watching the show and it's like, I love fitness. I obviously, you know, talking about my background, I love flips and and all that kind of stuff. And I would, I think I can do it. And so, and plus I think that 
the dreaming and the visions, I think, keep you younger also. And so I just really wanted to do it. So I made an application and out of like, I think I want to say 90,000, I'm not sure about these exact, but somebody told me there's like 90,000 applications. They take like 700. So right. it's like less than 1% or whatever. And I got in and it's like, and I got injured like right after the qualifier, like during the qualifier. I don't know if you heard about that this year, but I got injured during the double unders and strained my calf really, really bad. That was three weeks before Ninja Warrior. And so I could not try, I could train upper body, but I couldn't train lower body. So I, I still, I work, worked like crazy to get the, you know, the eight foot laches and then the, and then the wing nuts where you swing from wing nut to wing nut and, uh, and I, and, and the salmon ladder transfer and the salmon ladder. And I got all that stuff, like almost the first time I, I was doing it, you know, there's a couple local gyms I got to go to. So, and it was, and, but I, you know, I, I came to the point where I was like, man, just like at Wadapalooza, I didn't know if I wanted to go compete at Wadapalooza because I was, you know, in the 55 plus. And it's like, I can't compete against these guys eight years younger. And, uh, and, and I almost talked myself out of it. But, I, but again, I kind of remembered like I, I would have really regretted not going to Wadapalooza. I would have really regretted not doing this, even though I wasn't 100 percent. It's like I got to do this. And, uh, and so, um, it was an incredible experience and, uh, you know, they, they wanted to interview me. So I went up early, um, a couple of days early, I had to take off work. And that was kind of like, oh, should I really be doing this? And, and uh, my wife, you know, my wife and my youngest son, Troy, they went up with me and, and then my whole family flew in to watch. Um, so it was really special to have a weekend together up in Cincinnati, Ohio too. And, uh, and so, you know, I wouldn't trade it for the world and, uh, you know, I'm hoping that hopefully, um, I'll get a chance to do it again and I'll be a hundred percent. Um, but, uh, but no, they, they interviewed me and I don't know if they're going to air any of it or not on July 1st is when the, uh, Ninja Warrior, when our city is actually going to be televised. So I might not be in it. I'm not sure, but it doesn't matter to me. What matters is that I was out, I was allowed to live out a dream and, and I went for it. And, uh, incredible hanging out with all those guys all those ninja guys this super great community also you know reminds me of, oh, of many yeah. of the crossfit people yeah so just really cool super supportive and uh yeah so that was that was what happened and since yeah that was my that was my journey in ninja warrior so now i'm back to crossfit training just focused on the game right now <laughs> that no okay. big deal <laughs> okay so some other things we, we want to talk about recovery as you age how much more time uh and how much more do you focus on recovery? Like, what do you do to recover? You know, I discovered, and I don't know if you, um, you can see my whoop here. I mean, it won't be to see it on the camera, but, but that whoop has kind of helped me to rediscover the value of sleep. They measure your HRV in your deepest sleep, which is supposedly the most accurate. Okay, according to their research, and these guys are they're pretty geniuses. I was up at their headquarters um, last year when I was, when I was visiting CrossFit New England. Um, but they, um, having this whoop on and being able to monitor my sleep, I've never been a super great sleeper. Um, and so I've kind of struggled with that over the years. It's kind of a, a whole nother story, um, that I could maybe help some people with their, you know, cause it's, it's a, it's a problem out there, but, um, it's kind of, it's kind of brought me to realize the value of taking naps. And so, I, in just in the last year or two, I started taking naps more regularly and I'm watching my whoop and my recovery improve when I do that. And so, um, 
So I think as far as recovery is concerned, um, I train five days on and two days off. I started that uh, because just because my long days at work were Tuesday and Wednesday, and I had to drive an hour there, an hour back. And I just like, I couldn't get myself motivated to go to the gym after the hour drive. And I thought, you know what, I'm going to just change my schedule. I'm going to do rest on Tuesday and Wednesday. And I don't have to think about working out or any pressure to train. And I'll look forward to doing it, hitting it again on Thursday and then on the weekend. And I'll put in longer hours on the weekend. Um, but um, so, so those two days of recovery were super important, um, I think. And, and I kind of like, I'm kind of into that mode right now. Um, although sometimes I have an associate now, so he works Wednesday. So sometimes I can get a little training in on Wednesday. Uh, so, um, <laughs> wherever um, you can sneak it in. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> on Saturdays, but then I'll also try and, and get some sleep after my workouts. So are you uh, more of a morning workout person? No, or? actually, no, I'm actually not. Um, and so that's a little tough at the games, you know, cause you got to make sure that you're, you're up and ready to go in the morning. Um, but I will, I'll make myself sleep in on Saturdays uh, on purpose and get to the gym around 11 or so. And then I'll be there for two hours, maybe a little longer. Uh, so I'll get some good workouts in, usually strength and then Metcon, stuff like that. But, but yeah, not super morning person. So I can train, like I train after work on Thursdays and Mondays. And then Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I can usually get to train um, Fridays, um, mid afternoon after, after, cause I was working for a while and I, my associates helping me cover those Fridays also. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and then Saturdays, Saturdays and Sundays, you know, 11 or 12, something like that for a few hours. So I look forward to those days. I like to train when the sun's out, especially in the summer. You know, I just like, I, and, and so every chance I get, I'm putting my wall balls, I'm doing wall balls outside, putting the rower outside the assault bike, the ski erg, you know, every, anytime I can get in the sun. Uh, yeah. I, yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. We do the exact same thing. We have an outdoor gym out there in our carport and if the sun's out, we're out there working out. Yeah. Yeah. I love to sweat. I think it's healthy to sweat. Absolutely. Oh yeah. For sure. So when, when uh, you said sleep, I found that a lot of people, like you said, have so much trouble in that area. I've been one of those people for a little while and it's kind of comes and goes. And, you know, I kind of play with my, my, my diet and figure it out. I, I, I kind of know some of the tricks. So, but yeah. a lot of people out there, they just get stuck and they start taking a medication and then they get in a bad, a bad cycle yeah. where, you know, I've had so many people for some reason, I didn't realize that Benadryl was a thing that people took just to get to sleep. Right. Right. And it's, so, it's so scary for for people to have that for long term because we know the damage that that does when you go on on just so little sleep for so long. You right. know, you don't recover well. You don't feel your best. And especially with the workouts you're doing, sleep does become super important because yeah. that rest and recovery yep. takes place while you sleep. Yeah, it, it does. It does. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So naps, when you mention naps, about how long are you napping when you get to nap? What's a good nap time? Oh, good nap time for me. I, I actually, to tell you the truth, I, I ran into traffic on the way home and it, like I started to get sleepy. <laughs> <So> <laughs> I, thank you for being gracious, in, in fact, because it, 
being flexible was really super important. Oh yeah. I pulled over. I have two spots that I go to if I need to take a nap on the way home. And so, so I took a half hour nap uh, on the way. I had to, I just couldn't stay, and because I don't want to fool around with it, you know. So I'm, if I'm getting groggy, there's nothing I can do. Sometimes I get in the phone, but usually I can get on the phone and fight through it. But it's like I need to take a nap now. If I'm this tired just from driving, I need to take a nap. So I took a 30 minute nap and, and uh, almost, and uh, and then uh, and then and then continued on. Uh, so a 30 minute nap is sometimes a 15 20 minute power nap is good. But on weekends, I will take um, an hour, sometimes an hour and a half. It depends on, on how, much sleep, how well I slept the night before. Um, some of it, too, is how hard I trained that day. Um, so, so, yeah, so an hour nap is, is, I'd say, maybe an average of an hour nap. Um, yeah. Weekends, I, can, I can't get that long during the week. Although, you know, what's interesting is I actually... Uh, I, I had my best open workout one time when I, I would just, I didn't sleep well that night. I had to work all day and it was Thursday night. My tradition is to do the workouts, the open workouts, as soon as they announce them, because the adrenaline's flowing, you know, you're ready to go. It's like, I don't want to think about it all night. So, so I, uh, I started, I took a nap. I, I went home at five. I start, I ended work at five, went home. I got home like at, this was at my close, close office. So I got home like at five. 15, something like that. I slept until 6.30, so like an hour and 15 minutes. And I went in and it was the workout with the increasing uh, weight for the cleans and the double unders and the, and the uh, toes to bar workout. And I absolutely crushed that workout. So, so in my mind, I'm thinking, man, it must've been the nap. So I started taking naps before every open workout. And I did it again this year. So I'd go home and I'd sleep because in central time, it's seven o'clock the announcement comes at seven o'clock. So I can't, and by the time you listen to the announcement and warm up, it's not till seven 30. And then, you know, the, the last class is just finishing up. So it's like, you know, I got till seven. Why don't I just take a nap? So, so I've been doing that. And I don't know if it really, we are in every workout, but it's, uh, it's, it's kind of training me. It's like, turn it off and turn it back on. And I think that's, you know, especially for the games, because it's like, it's hard at the games to turn it off. And you really have to, you really have to be able to settle your mind and your soul really um, to, to be able to focus, to do your absolute best. Because the first three years of games, I mean, it got in my head and the cameras are on you and, and uh, you, you start thinking about all these things and you can't really perform your best because you're preoccupied with other things rather than just, this is what I love to do. And this is what's, um, this is my calling in life kind of thing. And, uh, and so anyway, I hope that answers the question. Yeah. Leap is important. Focus is important. Yeah. All that. Oh yeah. And you know, it's funny you, you mentioned naps because we've talked about trying to incorporate naps. Yeah. And we both say we're horrible nappers. Like we're just terrible at we're, it. We're not good at it yet. We're going to yeah. work at it. Yeah. You to train yeah. yourself to do that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I, I am in my 60s now, so naps are probably more important now for me. I never took naps in my 40s. <laughs> I was going from 6.30 to, to 11 at night, you know, so. Wow, that's yeah. crazy. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. So I saw a video on your Instagram of you getting some dry needling done. Oh, yeah. 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 So what, what kind of, what are your favorite modalities in, in the area of recovery? 
Yeah, good. Yeah. I, well, I'll tell you, um, and, and a big, big shout out to Arasti. Um, the, the, the group, the, they're all chiropractors, former chiropractors, well, they're chiropractors that have transitioned into soft tissue management. I think that's the right term, you know, trigger point release. Right. Uh, it, you know, in a nutshell, I mean, just, just, just briefly, that, there's a lot more to it. And they understand a lot about amazing amount about the human body. But seeing them every year at the game, because they volunteer their time, it's amazing. It's amazing company, amazing people in, in that group. Um, uh, but they volunteer their time and I've learned a ton from them. So my first go-to is always trigger point release, similar to what I've learned from them. So I've got massage therapists in the area that I use that are really, you know, and I've kind of had to find the right ones um, that are really good. And, uh, and then I help kind of train them. And then I have another guy who's a, who's a chiropractor also that uh, started doing ART. And so he helps me out a lot as well. Uh, Scott Dunaway, he's Cairo Strength is his Instagram. Um, and uh, um, so I have a friend who's a physician and his daughter is a physical therapist who got into dry needling. And my, I had a back thing that was going on that wasn't going away with my traditional um, you know, lacrosse balls and, and massage therapy and stuff like that. So I went to her and she did dry needling and did a couple different spots that I didn't think of or didn't know were trigger points. And I was healed like that. Like I, like I she did it in the morning, Saturday morning, I went to train that day and like an hour later and it was, everything was perfect. So it wasn't a little severe back injury, but it was just like a nagging pain. And um, it didn't hurt while I was training, but, uh, but it hurt other times outside of training. So I knew there was something that had to be dealt with um, and, and that fixed it like that. So um, so that, that is kind of the, her. yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> now, I had a shoulder injury that I, that I got last January, no, last December. Um, just a, just a fluke, um, uh, doing a, a military press with too much weight with the wrong kind of drill anyway, just a, just a fluky thing that happened. And that kind of nagged me like throughout Wadapalooza and the open, um, and it wasn't going away. And so I had her dry needle that that didn't fix it completely right away, but it got me on the right road and, um, and, and kind of helped. But then I actually ultimately had to rest it. Imagine that. I <laughs> know <laughs> that's the hardest part, isn't it? Oh gosh, Yeah, it was. Cause I, I had to get through the open and it was just a nagging. It wasn't, it wasn't, um, uh, it didn't keep me from doing the movements, but it, every night it would come back to haunt me kind of thing. Um, and so I knew I had to deal with it, had to deal with it. And so I took two weeks before the qualifier and just did lower body. And I didn't raise my arm above my head for like two weeks. And imagine that it, it actually got better. <laughs> so <laughs> rest recovery, rest, nobody likes rest. Nobody That's likes thing. that. So, you know, we're talking about CrossFit and, and as I'm sure most people know what it is, um, but when it comes to the time frame in which you started it, you, you were, uh, what, at what age were you in 2012? I think I discovered it at age 56 and I went to the games at age 57, 58, 59. Um, okay. division. Yeah. So I was around so, 50. So the, that time of life, had you ever done Olympic lifting before? <laughs> no, I was, I, I just, okay. I, Uh -oh. Um, and yeah, it, I didn't think much, I didn't think much about that, but, um, 
That's really true. I really never, ever did a clean and jerk or snatch. And yeah, those uh, are really technical moves. I guess they are. And, and I guess that kind of, and, and, I, and, I'm, and my form is obviously, it's not super polished, but I did, I did intentionally work at, at, at honing those skills. Like when I went out to Invictus, and I watched them do Olympic lifting and the, and the emphasis And I met Cody Bergner and Mike Bergner and uh, that whole group and just kind of observed and watched. And I do, I do learn a lot by watching and observing and I do tend to pick up things fairly quickly. Um, but uh, so, so I, 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 um, I really embraced it and loved it. I mean, I, it was just like, this was really cool. Like doing this weight, I guess I am naturally strong, also, so I could do a lot. I, I did too much actually in the beginning. I was like, I came home from being at Invictus and I looked at the, uh, the Invictus workouts, the, the competition workouts, and I started doing them RX. Like, oh, wow. it was like five reps at 185, like, it's like 195 was my max. And I'm doing these workouts with 185, like, and my, my wrists were hurting, my shoulders were hurting. It's like, but it's just like I kept doing I'm really fortunate I didn't, I, I'm, I didn't break during those, those times <laughs> right in the yeah, beginning. I got really strong. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Really those, those, those two things, the clean and the snatch. Yeah. If, if somebody wants to get fit, if you learn those two things, yeah. You, yeah. Can, you can do it. Yeah, <laughs> that's, fit. that's good. This is great. Uh, yeah, so they are very technical. Yeah. And I did, the, I, I did pretty quickly, I did the... Um, you know, the, the, the weightlifting seminar and I'd hang out with the other guys who were technical lifters in the gym and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I just kind of, I just kind of, you know, immerse myself like I do with everything. It's like, I go for wow. it. Did you, did you have already the mobility for those lifts? Cause there's a lot of mobility issues sure. for people with those. For, um, actually I still struggle with the mobility. Um, I struggle with mobility for the snap, for anything that's over directly over my head. Like I still struggle with the overhead squat and I've, I've, I've worked on that movement more than any other movement in CrossFit. And I've made the least amount of progress in it. I've made, well, I've, I've made huge progress, but it's, I'm still so far from where I want or need to be, uh, with the overhead squat. Um, I can snatch, I can do a power snatch, but as soon as you have me do the squat, with it, you know, I can get through it, but it's it, the form is really it's, it's a struggle and it wears me out. So yeah, yeah. that's yeah. a tough one, and that's a tough one for a lot of people, especially as we get older. We yeah. tend to lose some of that mobility unless we're really working at it all the time. So yeah. coming into CrossFit at a later date, which a lot of us have to because CrossFit wasn't around. You yeah. know, yeah. it's not like it's been a, it's it's been around in different forms, but not called CrossFit. Yeah. So, right. you know, you're coming to it and maybe you've never worked out before. Mobility might be an issue for some people. So it's good. It's good to hear that you can work on it and you can continue yeah. to make progress and and yes. hopefully not hurt yourself. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 I've laid off. I've gotten injured. I think my shoulder injuries over the years have been because I've worked that so hard. So I've actually had to back off from it to us to an extent and just accept that, you know, it may never get to where I want it to be. Um, it's almost made me quit cross CrossFit a couple of times um, mm -hmm. because I got I, it's like I'd have it in my head because I can usually visualize a movement and I can do it. But that's the one thing that my my, my mobility has limited me uh, from actually 
you know, getting it to the degree that I want to. So, which is, so anyway, yeah. So but, it's the next but, Yeah. So, I mean, just, just, a, just a shout out to people who do get discouraged. Hey, all of us get discouraged. I get discouraged over the years a lot, even to the point of almost like I want to give up. And yet um, you, you just don't want to go there. You just don't, you, you, you want to, you know, just a shout out to people who, who have that experience, have that emotion. It's like, you don't want to give up. You just want to keep dreaming. You want to keep having that vision. You want to keep believing. I said that after I won the one uh, CrossFit games, I said, you know, you got to trust God every day. You got to believe there's a plan and you just got to, you just got to keep, um, keep that vision and that dream ahead of you. Um, because you know, everybody's fighting doubts. Everybody's fighting unbelief. Um, and you just gotta, you gotta keep pursuing. Yeah. And now no one watching you compete. No one one watching you compete in the CrossFit games would think that there was ever a doubtful thought that crossed your mind. (laughs) However, (laughs) it's probably encouraging for someone to hear that, you know, you, you have, you have your own struggles and you work through. Absolutely. I think we all do. We all do. Yeah. yeah, we have to keep we have to keep convincing ourselves to keep it going. And and uh I think that's super important. It's, yeah. it's self talk in the mind. In the self talk. I, I love what you said in the beginning of the show. You you, you know, you, you talk about wanting to be an inspiration for people. You're you're an absolute inspiration for, for us. And we have the same we're on the same thought of of trying to inspire people that you can be healthy, not just yeah. in your 40s, but in your 50s and in your 60s. And and who knows how long you're going to keep doing what you do. You might There might be something else we don't know about yet that you're going to figure out to do. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah. It's something harder. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, what you said earlier was getting off the couch and getting off the carbs. And we, we lean more towards a, a paleo, keto yeah. style way okay. of eating. Yeah. And so our, you know, anyone who listens to us is real familiar with dropping carbs very low um, yes. and using them to just for performance when needed. Because we have a lot, of, a lot of athletes that we work with who will use them strategically, yeah. um, but not in a way where they're the comfort food that we, you know, we all grew up, you know, we grew up here in Texas. Comfort food was biscuits, gravy, you know, all the good, all the things, uh, pie, cake. So, you know, you, you get people getting more excited about their health and changing their diet and hopefully living a a better quality, longer life. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. And, and, you know, you non, and I was talking to a patient today, um, you know, cause I'll, I'll, I'll try and inter, you know, intersperse my function, functional medicine into my practice at times, you know, when somebody comes in, they've got symptoms or something. It's like, it's, it's moving in a direction of a non-inflammatory diet. Basically people don't understand that processed food is an inflammatory, is an, begins an inflammation process that ends with all these chronic diseases and allergies. And, and as you guys well know, um, it's getting, getting away from that and getting to healthy food. And I didn't even know all that stuff when it first started. Yeah. I did not know any of this. I just, paleo sounds good, you know, and then, you know, I had a background because I, I asked the two guys and one was the owner and the other guy was this, was this good buddy of workout buddy, both like 20 year old army guys. And they looked really cut. They were really, you know, they were, they were good CrossFitters. They were, you know, two of the top CrossFitters in the gym. It's like, so what do you guys eat? Oh, we have 
eggs on a bed of spinach every morning for breakfast, four eggs. It's like, okay, well, there are 200 pounds. I'm 160. I'm going to have three eggs on the bed of spinach every morning. <laughs> and so, and that's like, that's when in 30 days I started like seeing my abs. <laughs> so was it a hard, a hard change for you from what you were doing before? No, actually it was not for me. And I don't know, I don't know why. Um, I made this, I made the switch overnight. I went from like high grain, um, you know, whole grain pancakes to paleo, just paleo. And I, and I, and I didn't even know, like, I didn't even know Greg Glassman's thing on nuts and snacking on nuts and seeds. I just like, always like cashews and almonds and I like them together. So i just, that was my snack throughout the day. So I would have, I started with eggs, spinach. Um, and that's what I have for breakfast every morning. And then I'd have, um, uh, I transitioned eventually to steak or roast beef with spinach and avocado. And that's what I have for breakfast now. And I also have it for lunch. And then sometimes I have it for dinner, but I try and get more vegetables because I don't want to, you're not supposed to do the same thing, but the same thing has been working for me. So I keep doing it. <laughs> that's what I always say. If it's working and you like yeah. it, a lot of people just don't like redundant meals, but yeah. you know, when it's working, why not? Why not? Yeah. So that's kind of, yeah, that's kind of what I'm doing now. Um, but it's, it's, and now that I'm looking at the functional medicine side of things, I'm thinking like, Oh, that's why that's working. Oh, that's why that's working. And so I'm incorporating more seeds like sunflower seeds with my cashews and almonds. And, uh, and I think there was a point where I was having too many, too much of that, but, but I've kind of backed off on that. But, um, but, but I've tried to do the carb thing and the carb thing has not, people are telling me, Dave, you're too lean. You don't, you know, you're going to get more energy if you do carbs. It's like, that has not worked for me yet. So I'd love to, if you want to spend time later on or another time talking about that, I'd love to entertain that because, because I'm actually exploring ketosis now. Also, I'll do fasting on weekends before workouts. Yeah. And yeah. So, so uh, yeah, I've messed with that. I've messed with doing, uh, you know, a 24, just a 24 hour fast, yeah. but doing an intense workout at the end of the 24 hours. Oh and yeah. Okay. It yep. is it is like lights out one of the best workouts I have. It's, it's always super invigorating and I feel so strong when I do it. Yeah. Yeah. So I've been experimenting on weekends. Like I won't eat, like I'll, I'll, I'll eat till like 11 o'clock at night, but then I won't eat until after my workout, like usually seven, like till four o'clock in the next day. Mm -hmm. um, I'll do my workout at 11 o'clock on completely fasted. And then I'll, and then I'll keep fasting afterwards. Cause I've read there also there's uh you know, other benefits to fasting after your workout. Um, right now, um, just kind of seeing, seeing if that's going to make any difference. Yeah. Well, you know, the carb thing, a lot of people will tell you, oh yeah, Dave, you need carbs because that's going to give you more energy. But there's been some studies and I don't know if you've ever seen this one, but there's a, a, a girl named Rachel Gregory who did a study and it's on, I believe, the ketogenic.com website. Okay. And it's called, What If Fran Ran on Fat? So, Fran the Workout. Okay. And so, they took athletes and they had some that they were regular carb-based, you yep. know, glucose burners. And yep. then they, they fat adapted a certain amount of the athletes. And they were looking for muscle glycogen storage after the workout. And the keto adapted athletes had just as much glycogen storage really? as the carb athletes. 
Okay. So, you know, in that study, it showed that they had um, equal performance and sometimes better. I can't remember. And yeah. that their fat loss was more, but their lean mass was also more. <laughs> and that they also, um, the glycogen storage was the big thing because people said, oh, you have to eat the carbs to get the glycogen stores right. replaced. Right. Yeah. But, but when we're eating fat and burning fat, there is a glycerol molecule in every fat, you know, cell. Yeah. So when it's liberated, that stores our glycogen stores because it's really? glucose. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, it, it depends on how you feel mm -hmm. and everybody has to do trial and error. You know, there's no one way, yeah. but, but what works for you, um, if it works not having them, I'd say don't. Don't mess with it. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm fooling around with different things, trying, trying to figure it out. But um, send me that link sometime. I I'd will. Like look at that study. Yeah, because I, because I feel like I'm one of the only ones out there trying the keto and. I mean, some of the guys are trying keto and none of them are, none of them are having success that I'm hearing so far. Um, but, uh, but I, st I think there's potential. I mean, I just go by the way I feel and the way I perform. And, and so I'm still, I'm still, I've got an open mind to that, to that possible avenue, um, yeah. crossfitters. So, yeah. So I'd love to, yeah. We'll talk more about that too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Well, Hey Dave, we want to be respectful of your time. We don't want to take up your entire evening. We know you got other training to do probably. Yeah. Um, <laughs> any last words you want to put out there? Any last words of inspiration? I mean, above of what you've already talked about. Um, yeah, I think, um, yeah, just keep, just, just encourage people to keep, I mean, fitness really is a fountain of youth of today and it's, it's our best weapon against and, and medical research is again and again and again, confirming this, you know, your, your nutrition and your exercise are the number, number one and number two and sleep actually is number three, but they're, they're all number one, number one, and number one. They're all super important, right. uh, you know, fighting off chronic disease. I mean, it's like, who wants to, who wants to live a life? You know, if you're going to be alive, you might as well be as healthy as possible. So absolutely, I, and I and I love that because you know I grew up in um, the church world, and I saw a lot of people who would get in a very unhealthy condition, and then say, "I'm just going to ask God to heal me." Yeah, and that always really bothered me so much because I I was like, "You've been given a body that you really need to." you have to do some work. Yeah, and, that's right. You know, and, and I see that in the church world a lot, that they just like, I'm just yeah. going to depend on God to help me with that. And, yeah. and you're an inspiration in that area to say that you have this, that you've been given and yeah. take care of it. Yeah, exactly right. Exactly right. I mean, God, I, I, I really believe God designed our body. And I, and, I, and I went into detail on this on a podcast I did a couple of weeks ago. Um, just, you know, there's a reason why our bodies improve with exercise. In other words, our lungs become more resilient. Our cardiovascular system becomes more resilient, more, more elasticity in our, in our blood vessels, even down to the, to the, the microcapillarization in the end joints and that kind of thing. There's so many benefits to exercise and God has designed us that way to benefit from that. And we're just, we're really ignoring a big part of his creation and not respecting it by, by not um, utilizing 
that process to get us fitter and fitter and fitter uh, and healthier and healthier. I really think that's his intention. So yeah. amazing. Amazing. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. Exercise is the fountain of youth. It is yeah. 100%. Yeah, for sure. And we're so just thankful that you agreed to be on the podcast. I, when I told him I was going to ask you and he was like, really? And he was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, I, you know, I just thought if you don't ask, you don't receive. Right. So I really appreciate you yes. coming yeah. on and, and doing this. Absolutely. Anytime, anytime. Glad to talk. And let's keep in touch. Absolutely. Man, we'd love to come and cheer you on. Yeah, absolutely. It'd be great. It'd be great. Yeah. So exciting. All right. Well, uh, thanks, Dave. Thanks for stopping by. We really appreciate all your words. Uh, for all the guys listening, we appreciate you uh, checking in. Now go out there, eat some fat, and prosper. Yeah, there you go. All right. We'll keep in touch. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Tactical Kitchen. Hit subscribe and leave us a review. Don't forget to send your questions to vtkquestions at gmail.com and visit our website, thetacticalkitchen.com.